0: Good morning from Beirut, Lebanon. This is Mina Now. It's Tuesday, February the 23rd, and this is your morning briefing. Kicking off today's episode with the main news in Lebanon. First, Member of Parliament Gibran Bassid's proposal for an expanded government has failed to evoke a positive response to help break the months-long cabinet deadlock and instead ramped up political tensions in the crisis-ridden country, apparently dashing hopes for an minute solution to the impasse. The Amal movement on Monday called for the swift formation of a new government to halt the catastrophic collapse in the country, while it implicitly slammed Basile for raising sectarian tensions to push his conditions in the cabinet formation process. The position of the Amal Movement headed by Parliament Speaker nabih Bide came amid a deepening rift between Aoun and Hariri over the formation of a proposed 18-member cabinet of non-partisan specialists to deliver reforms contained in the French initiative designed to rescue Lebanon from its worst economic and financial crunch since the 1975-1990 to 1990 Civil War. And the head of the Marada movement, ex-member of parliament, Sleiman Frangieh, reportedly said he did not want to waste his time listening to a televised speech made by his Christian rival, head of the free patriotic movement, Gibran Bessil. I did not hear him, nor do I wish to, no need to waste my time, said Frangia in remarks to an Al Mustaqbal web during a press conference on Sunday. And earlier, the Marada movement sources told MTV television that, quote, Basid speech is definitely obstructing the government formation. Moving on, Maronite patriarch Ipshara al Rahi met on Monday in Ibkirki with UN Deputy Special Coordinator for Lebanon, Najat Rashdi where discussions focused on the general situation in Lebanon, the national news agency reported on Monday. Rushdie indicated that her visit came in the context of the patriarch's call for an international conference for Lebanon. Rahi has often criticized Lebanon's incompetent ruling authority and called for organizing a UN-sponsored international conference on Lebanon to prevent attacks on it and prevent harm to its legitimacy and to put an end to the multiplicity of arms. Lebanese leaders have been unable to form a much-needed government to pull Lebanon out of the multiple crises gripping the country, including an unprecedented economic crisis and the impact of one of the biggest non-nuclear explosions that devastated its capital's port. On the capital's port, relatives of the Beirut port blast victims on Monday met with Judge Tare al bitaad the newly appointed lead judicial investigator, into the thorny case. Judge Bitad is focused on the issue of the investigation, and he will spare no effort in this regard, even in weekends, a spokesman for the family said. He reassured us that all immunities will fall in the face of the transparent investigation, the spokesman added, Noting that some of the victims' families prefer to seek an international probe. A Lebanese Forces parliamentary delegation on Monday handed UN Deputy Special Coordinator for Lebanon, Najat Rushdie, a petition demanding an international fact-finding mission into the disastrous blast at Beirut Port. The petition is signed by the Lebanese Forces' 15 lawmakers and addressed to UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres. The move comes due to, quote, people's lack of trust in the local investigation and in its ability to unveil the truth, the Lebanese force has said in a statement citing the current obstacles the probe is facing. Truth, justice and compensations are three objectives that the entire Lebanese people will not rest after achieving them. Member of Parliament George Okeyes said at a press conference that followed the meeting with the UN official, On the coronavirus, Lebanon on Monday registered 47 new coronavirus-related deaths and 1,541 more cases as the country began the second week of its vaccination drive. Now, doctors from Beirut's top hospitals have expressed concern over the lack of doses available and logistical issues in the ministry's vaccination registration platform. Speaking to the Daily Star on Monday, Dr. Georges Ghanem, head of the vaccination program at Adizet Hospital, warned that the center is facing shortages. The vaccination village, as he calls it, opened on February the 16th at the Lebanese American University Medical Center and has administered around 1,000 vaccine doses to their medical staff and elderly. He quotes, I'm afraid that this week we need more. We need more to be delivered today or tomorrow morning urgently. Otherwise, we will be stopping the vaccine tomorrow afternoon. And head of the National Committee for the Administration of the Corona Vaccine and infectious disease specialist Dr. Rahman Bizri assured on Monday that Pfizer and BioNTech Corona vaccine was safe and effective, noting minor side effects reported among people who got the vaccine. Nida Alwata newspaper reported on Monday. Shifting to the second segment of this episode, the region at a glance. First, Iran could boost its uranium enrichment to a purity of 60% if the country needs it. Supreme Leader Ali Hosseini Khamenei said, upping the stakes in a standoff with the West over the country's 2015 nuclear deal. Now, Khamenei, however, emphasized that this does not mean Iran is after nuclear weapons, saying the West and Israel know that this as well, but want to use the excuse to extort Iran. His remarks come as European powers and the US, which abandoned the nuclear deal in 2018, are in disagreement with Iran over how to restore it and lift sanctions imposed by the former US President Donald Trump. The nuclear deal capped Iran's uranium and enrichment purity at 3.67 percent, but one year after the U.S. pulled out, Iran gradually scaled back its commitments and, among other things, boosted enrichment to 4.5 percent. With this, it was reported that Iran and the global nuclear watchdog, the IAEA, have agreed to temporary measures to offset Iran's decision to restrict access to inspectors. This would enable the agency to retain the, quote, necessary degree of monitoring and verification work, IAEA chief Rafael Grossi said, without going into detail. The move comes ahead of a deadline set by Iran to stop intrusive checks of sight unless U.S. sanctions are lifted. Tensions have soared since the U.S. left a nuclear deal with Iran in 2018. Then President Donald Trump reimposed crippling economic sanctions to force Iran to renegotiate the accord. Iran refused and retaliated by rolling back a number of key commitments. The inoculation campaign against COVID-19 in the besieged Gaza Strip have kicked off after the arrival of vaccines donated by Russia and the United Arab Emirates. Medhat Mahisan, a Ministry of Health representative, said the vaccination rollout's first targets are going to be healthcare workers dealing with COVID-19 patients. The number of vaccines received is a very small fraction of what is needed to immunize the strip, home to 2 million people, including some 1.4 million adults. The occupied West Bank is also struggling with vaccine shortages. The Palestinian Authority started a vaccination campaign on February second, after receiving 2,000 doses from Israel. In addition to 10,000 doses from Russia, 2,000 were transferred last week to Gaza following Israel's approval. The Palestinian Authority plans to cover 20% of Palestinians through the COVAX vaccine-sharing program. However, the international platform has not started yet to distribute vaccines and it has struggled so far to secure doses. Palestinians' limited vaccine rollout stands in a stark contrast to Israel, which is on peace to immunize almost all of its adult population in the coming weeks with the two doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. UN officials and human rights groups have voiced concerns over the inequity in vaccine distribution and said Israel, as an occupying power, has an obligation to help the Palestinians. But Israel says that under interim peace accords, the Palestinian Authority is responsible. In a report published on Monday, the World Bank urged Israel to consider donating surplus doses to the Palestinians to help accelerate a vaccine rollout in the occupied West Bank in Gaza. The report added that Palestinians' COVID-19 vaccination plan faces a $30 million funding shortfall even after factoring in support from a global vaccine scheme for poorer economies. Rounding up the news in the region, the raid in the city of Kufra in Libya took place on Sunday after a migrant managed to escape a house-turned-prison last week and reported to authorities that he and other migrants were held and tortured by traffickers there, the Kufra Security Bureau said. Security forces arrested at least six traffickers and referred them to prosecutors for further investigation, the borough said. Among them were 15 women and five children, it said. The migrants who were from Somalia, Eritrea and Sudan were freed and taken to the shelter center where they were given food, clothes and blankets. Having said this, we have now reached the end of Mina Now's podcast episode. As always, thank you so much for your time and don't forget to subscribe. I'll be here every morning. This is Mina Now.